0: Good evening, welcome to our lecture divina. We begin with our prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, by whom we are deemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen in the the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen so once again welcome and we are actually this coming sunday the 23rd sunday in ordinary time the gospel is taken from matthew and we're still in the gospel of matthew chapter 18 verses 15 to 20. But before we go to the Gospel, let us first see the first reading from the book of Ezekiel. One of the books of the prophets. Remember that there are five major prophets, and Ezekiel is one of the five major prophets, together with Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and Baruch. He was actually an exilic prophet. What do you mean by exilic prophet? He was a prophet to the Jewish exile. In fact, he was also taken captive when the Jews went to Babylon. So, he was together with the exiles. That was sometime in the year 597. Therefore, he was a prophet among the Jews in exile from 593 up to 571 BC. So, he is a very important prophet because practically there are only two prophets during exile. There was this Deutero, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. So, if you remember last Sunday or last Lecture Divina, we have seen Jeremiah. Jeremiah was considered a prophet of doom. He was hated by the people. Ezekiel was not really very much hated because he was together with them, also in exile. But he was really a prophet also, trying to check the conduct and correcting also the people of God. So in a way, he was also a very important prophet during the time of exile. You know, if you hear about the prophet Ezekiel, please remember that he was the one who somehow mentioned the four creatures in chapter 1, verse 10. And these four creatures was interpreted by St. Irenaeus, one of the fathers of the church, as the four evangelists, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. So if you will read Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 10, you will read there that there is this creature with four, somehow four heads. One is lion, the other one is human head. The other one is ox, and the other one is eagle. So, here you will find the head of a lion. And the head of a lion is actually symbolizing the gospel of Mark. Why? Because Mark started his gospel with the preaching of John the Baptist. Like a lion, boys in the wilderness, repent. You see? So, he was symbolizing... Was symbolized by this head of the lion. Well, this one is the head of a human being, and that's the Gospel of Matthew because Matthew started this Gospel with a genealogy genealogy of Jesus. So, if you remember the genealogy of Jesus, which we should read that during the novena, during Advent season. uh, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob, etc., etc. So here, that is represented by the human head. Because it started with the humanity of Jesus. And then Luke with the head of the ox. Because if you remember, Luke started his gospel with Zechariah in the temple. Like practicing his ministry as a a priest and in order to burn incense and you know very well that ox is a very good sacrificial animal par excellence uh, with that idea of the temple the ox is considered as the symbol of the gospel of Luke because it started with Zechariah in the temple and then the last one the eagle's head is the gospel of John because John As a very high theology, you know, like an eagle. In the beginning was the word. And this word is like an eagle coming from above, going down. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, these four heads or four living creatures, you will find that in the book of Ezekiel. Remember, the book of Ezekiel somehow was written 500 years before the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Nevertheless... It was also interpreted as the, the, the symbols of the four evangelists. So if you remember, if you read the book of Ezekiel, please remember it is from his book that we will find these symbols of the four evangelists. This coming Sunday, we will read the first reading from Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 to 9. And here, Ezekiel was considered by God as the watchman. So it is coming from chapter 33 and we read, You son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. You shall warn them for me. So here is very clear that Ezekiel was Called by God Yahweh as the watchman for the house of Israel. What what is a watchman? You know, a watchman usually has a watchtower. You see, and what does the watchtower do? Eh? To be elevated and see the approaching enemy. So the watchman actually warns the people of the approaching enemy. Yenang yenang role ng watchman. A lookout. Tagatingin kung meron darating na kalaban. Kaya sa Ezekiel ay parang watchman. Niwa-warning yung mga taong bayan ng Panginoon. Na kung masama, dapat sabihin. So, I'm I am appointing you as a watchman for the house of Israel. And you shall warn them for me. Like a watchman. Warning the people when there is an enemy. If I tell the wicked... And we continue O wicked one, you shall surely die And you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked So pag sinabi ng Panginoon, ikaw ay mamamatay dahil sa, sa iyong kasalanan At ikaw naman, wala kang sinabi sa kanya You did not dissuade the wicked You did not speak out from his way the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. Wow, well, this is very challenging. Eh, yata yan. Dahil sa pag ikaw, tumahimik ka lang, meron kang masama at wala kang sinabi. You are responsible for his death. So you have, you should have the courage to speak. If you see something wrong. To your brother or sister, you must have the courage to speak. Otherwise, the Lord will hold you responsible for His wickedness, for His death. Pag siya pumunta ng impyerno, ikaw pa rin ang responsable diyan. Kaya nga, this is the reason why we should speak. And the church continues to speak. Pag meron nakitang masama sa lipunan, sa, sa simbahan, we need to speak. The priest should speak, the bishop should speak. Parents should speak to their children if they see something wrong with their children. The spouse should speak to the other spouse if they see something wrong. A friend should say something. A leader, etc., etc. If they see some wrongdoings, immorality, they should have the courage to speak. If they see some evil desires, injustices happening around, we should speak. Otherwise, God will hold us responsible for their death. But, if you warn the wicked, trying to turn him from his way, and he refuses to turn from his way. Eto, pag niwarningan mo na, hindi pa rin siya nagbago, ano mangyayari? He shall die for his guilt, but you shall save yourself. Bahala na sa buhay mo, ibig sabihin doon na warning ang kita, kinorek na kita, pinagsabihan na kita, at hindi ka rin nagbago? I save myself, but you don't save yourself. In other words, when we some, when we see something wrong, makonsyensya tayo. Let us correct, let us, let us give an advice, let us try to straighten the wrong path of our brother or sister. Yan lang naman kaya natin, eh. makonsyensya. Hindi natin pwedeng pilitin ang pagpagbago ng ating kapatid di natin pwedeng piliti ng pagbabago ng ating kaibigan or maybe your friend or your office mate or your neighbor etc etc but at least you have done your part you try to warn the person you try to, to turn him away from his sinfulness and you did your part they if they don't change they are also condemned so, this one, you will find connection with our gospel. Because the gospel speaks about fraternal correction. So, we are like a watchman. <laughs> Just like Ezekiel was a watchman. Hindi policing, hindi naman. Pero, when you see something, try to do something. Try to speak out. Let us now read the word of God from the gospel of Matthew. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault because between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, Amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, as you have heard the Gospel from Matthew, let us try to see what passage somehow caught your attention. What passage challenged you? What passage comforted you? And, of course, as usual, let us put this Gospel passage in the context. See the text in the context for us to appreciate and understand more this gospel passage. And it's very important for us to understand that before this gospel passage, remember, we read chapter 18 verses 15 to 20. If you look at the preceding verses, chapter 18 verses 10 to 14, you'll find the parable of the lost sheep. And what is the parable of the lost sheep? If you remember, there was a man who has a hundred sheep and one of them strays. So what did the shepherd do? He left the 99 and he looked for the one lost sheep. And when he found it, he was very, very happy. So the key verse here is that it is not the will of my father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That's the parable of the lost sheep. The father doesn't want doesn't want one of these little ones perish. If he is strayed or led astray, look for him or look for her. Therefore, to go after the wandering sheep lovingly is very important. That is a very good Christian attitude. If you have an authority or leadership in the community. When someone is wandering from his ways, from his direction in life, look for him or her lovingly, like a lost ship. And this is the model for the exercise of Christian authority. So, you can already imagine the connection between this coming Sunday's Gospel and this parable of the lost ship, the parable before this Gospel, verses 10 to 14. Here, Matthew has carefully placed the parable of the shepherd and the lost sheep right before this disciplinary procedure. So, yung parable of the lost sheep came before this gospel passage on fraternal correction. In other words, meron connection yung fraternal correction and your attitude towards the lost sheep, the attitude of the Father was love, lovingly looking for someone who perished. And here, when you correct someone, you should have an attitude of love when you correct someone, like talking to a lost sheep. You see, kaya importante itong context in the context. We will appreciate more the gospel this coming Sunday if you see. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable before this gospel passage. How about the passage after this parable, this this gospel on the fraternal correction, verses twenty-one to thirty-five? Because our gospel is fifteen to twenty, the parable of the lost sheep is ten to fourteen. But if you look at twenty-one to thirty-five, and you will find this next next Sunday. <clears throat> This is the parable of the unforgiving servant. And here, you know the story of the parable of the unforgiving servant. A man owed 10,000 talents and was forgiven by the king. While his fellow servant owed him only 100 denarii. And the man did not forgive this fellow servant. This was the unforgiving servant. He was forgiven by the king, but he could not forgive his fellow servant. He owed more to the king, 10,000 talents, but he did not even forgive this fellow servant who owed him only a hundred denarii. So the obvious message here is this. If we have been forgiven enormously by God, even though our sins are big, we should pass on that forgiveness generously to our fellow human beings so here we can find already a very beautiful uh, in, uh, scenario when you correct someone looking at the parable of the lost sheep you must correct someone lovingly looking at this parable of the unforgiving servant you must correct someone and ready to forgive in fact this parable of the unforgiving servant we will see that next Sunday in the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So, this coming Sunday is fraternal correction. Sandwich huh? between these two parables. The parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the unforgiving servant. The parable of the lost sheep, we have seen the importance of looking at... At someone lovingly, especially if he is wandering in his direction in life. And then, of course, the parable of the unforgiving servant you should be ready to forgive all the time when you correct someone and he wanted to change his life. These elaborate instructions, the fraternal correction, on how to carry out fraternal correction, are unique to Matthew and seem to reflect the practice of the community for which he was writing. Remember, Matthew must have written his gospel sometime in the year, the late 70s or early 80s. So, practically, the community of Matthew was already mature. Perhaps, this community of Matthew has already plenty of Christian <clears throat> followers or Jewish Christians converted to Judaism or some gentle Christians converted from paganism so it is very very practical that and it's very very that's part of reality that some people also commit mistakes so what will you do in this Christian community anong gagawin mo kung meron isang taong nagkamali tatahimik ka lang ba or you will be like a watchman Ezekiel trying to do something you know. And we know very well that the art of correcting is certainly among the most difficult and the most delicate. Mahirap, di ba, mag-correct? I don't know. That is your experience. That is also my experience. <clears throat> Madali bang mag-correct? Lalo-lalo na kung itong taong ito, eh, sa palagay mo, eh, hindi bukas ang kanyang pananaw. <clears throat> o kaya naman, baka yung taong yan, eh, a sawamu diva. Mahira mu yan? Or maybe kapitbahay mo. Or maybe one of your relatives. You see, it's really an art when you want to correct someone. And it's not easy. And the gospel is telling us how somehow to correct. These are just simple passages that will tell that will show us how to correct. It's a step by step step-by-step or process on how to correct. So, in the first verse 15, Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. So, that is the first step. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So, privately, in other words, when someone commits a mistake, try to correct him privately when you are alone. Bakit kaya importante itong privately? Bakit alone. Well, tayo namang Pilipino, importante yan. Alam naman natin, pag ikaw meron ang gustong baguhin o sabihin sa yung kaibigan, mas mabuti, kayo kailang muna in order to avoid embarrassment. Ayaw na ayaw natin mapahiya sa public, diba? Ayaw na ayaw natin. Kaya mas mabuti, privately muna or when you are both alone in a way, siguro mas maganda na yun para mas magandang pag-usapan ano ba talagang nangyari di ba? and another very important thing here whenever you correct someone it is always to win the brother over para siya bumalik sa tamang landas yan ang lagi nating gugustuhin yan ang parang objective natin na to win the brother over or the sister over. Hindi natin siya papahiyain. So, kaya nga, do it privately. Then, suguro, mahikayat mo. You can convince pers- you, your persuasive words somehow will change his ways. Diba? As I've said, mahirap yun. It would take courage. Yet, there is no reason for us to evade our duty, such omission will have consequences. Nasubukan nyo ba na meron kayong nakitang mali tapos wala kayong sinabi? Anong nangyari? Diba? Kung isang nagiging grabe yung sitwasyon. Tuloy-tuloy pa rin sa kanyang pagkakamali. Diba? And if you remember the first reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, Sabi ni God, if you did not say anything, and you saw something wrong, I will hold you responsible for his death. And if something happens to him, I will hold you responsible because you did not say anything. Parabang, am I my brother's keeper? Parabang, wala akong pakialam sa kanya. That is not a Christian attitude. When you see something wrong, especially to your brother or sister, you have to say something take courage and of course, alam naman natin, hindi madali but you try at least you have tried and God will not hold you responsible for it you try to win your brother over there are limits to what we can do in resolving conflicts you know even among couples we always tell them if you have any conflict if you see something wrong with your wife or with your husband you try to resolve it privately, di ba? Privately. Hindi na yung umaabot pa sa social media, di ba? Pero minsan kasi, kahit na yung away ng mag-asawa, na mag-asawa, naku, na pa yung social media. Sa Instagram, di ba? Sa Facebook, wag na, sa Viber, sa text, mas nauna pa yung office mate, mas na pa yung kapit-bayo, relative, or yung in law pinag-usapan mo yung asawa mo no, 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 no as much as possible, your conflict must be kept in private kayo-kayo lang kayo-kayo lang wag na abut pa sa social media na parang parang mga artista di ba? maagot pa sa social media yun. daming basher misan what is small becomes big you know. so the complex becomes worse. <clears throat> Among the married couples, so being privately, their complex is very, very important. So point it out to him or her first and not to anybody. And that should be done privately. Now, step two. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established. From the testimony of two or three witnesses So, step two Take one or two witnesses Why? Again To win your brother over Eh, baka naman kung hindi nakinig sa'yo Baka naman makinig Kung meron pang other person Or two person tatlo na kayo Diba? <clears throat> Para naman makumbinsi siya diba? Para naman magbago siya Perhaps the intervention of one or two witnesses is helpful And perhaps can change the erring brother or sister Kaya nga ito, kahit na sa mag-asawa Kung, isang, kung talagang ang tagal-tagal na ng conflict Hindi pa rin resolve You can have recourse to counseling with a person trusted person, you know. And that is our answer instead of divorce. Pwede pa naman siguro marisolve through counseling. Unfortunately, very few couples go to this counseling, you no? Know? Pag may nag-aaway na, eh, para bang gusto maghiwalay ka Hindi. Try to resolve it first privately. Kung talagang hindi na kaya, then you call a counselor, a priest, a psychologist, I don't know. Basta, importante, you go for counseling or you call someone, diba? Call a friend. Uh, huwag na kagad tawagin ng in-laws, mahirap yun. <laughs> Lalo pag nga, bro- brother-in-law, mother-in-law, father-in-law, baka ang hirap yung makisaw-saw pa yung mga in-laws. No? Bihira yung nakakatulong. Although, lagi kong nasasabi, may mother, kumisan, yun ang tinatawag ng ano ko, brother-in-law. pag. Uh, May problema siya sa asawa niya, sa kapatid ko. No? And my mother is a little more balanced. No? So, tinatawag sila lagi. Pero, bihira yung ganun eh. But otherwise, if you have a friend that can counsel you, okay yan. Pero this one is not bull session, na It's not bull session. Na magtatawag ka ng isa, dalawa, sige, tirahin natin itong tango ito, nagkakamali. No, 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 no. It's always to win your brother over. Ikayatin siya. Magbago. Pero as makikinig siya. Hindi lang sa akin, kundi dito sa dalawa. And this one is more than what is written in Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 15. Because in this uh, book of Deuteronomy, it says there that to convict someone or to sustain a charge, a single witness is not enough. You need two or three witnesses. Ito for lawsuit na yan eh. For conviction. Pero, iba yung conviction lawsuit with fraternal correction. Na, na dito sa Diatolomi, talagang kilamunon two or three witnesses para yung conviction is more credible. Pero, this one is not about conviction. Eh. This is about fraternal correction. And that's different. Jesus Christ is giving a new environment, a new way of correcting someone. Don't go immediately to the court. Now, Hindi pa rin nakinig. Hindi nakinig sa isa. Hindi nakinig sa dalawa o sa tatlo. So, what do you do? Step 3. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, <clears throat> then treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. So, step 3 is, tell the the church. You know, see Matthew is very very familiar with the word ecclesia. If you remember the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, you are Peter on this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Church. Practically, he was the only one who used this word church, ecclesia. And the here again he he used the word ecclesia, the church, the community of believers. So this step three. Why is it there is a need for this erring brother to be reported to the church? Again, the objective is to win the brother over. Laging na ando niyan sa tatlong steps, whether privately or call one or two, and then in the church. Pag hindi siya na, nakinig sa dalawa o tatlo, sige, tawagin na natin ang simbahan. When the offender does not listen, even to the community or to the church. O, oh, mahirap na yun. Kayo ba nakaranas na sa parokya na ayaw magbago na tao nito, ito? Halos lahat na ng tao, eh, tinitib nan siya. ayo pa rin magbago. Ang tikas talaga ng ulo. Baka member pa nga ng organization yan, hindi ba? O kaya, lahat ng mga, mga ano niya, kasama sa organization, kinokorek na nga siya. ayo pa rin. Naman ang naman ng ulo nito. Madalas, pinapalis na nga siya, hindi ba? Pinapalis na sa organization. Ayaw na siya. Eh, lalo na sa simbahan, hindi ba? So, talagang ayaw makinig sa community. Does not listen even to the church. Then, the gospel says, treat him or her as a Gentile. Why Gentile? You know very well, during the time of Jesus, the Jews usually do not mingle with the Gentiles the Gentiles are considered unclean. So, as much as possible, less contact with the Gentiles because they are not part of the community. They are unclean. So, when you are treated as a Gentile, somehow you are separated from the community. Now, baka sabihin nyo, harsh harsh naman yan. Grabe naman. Well, this is designed to deal with some situation wherein there is someone who is hardened, unrepentant sinner within the community. Minsan nangyayari yan eh. May mga taong ganun. Talagang talaga magbago. Ang ng ulo. Di ba? Hey, this is the only way to do it. You just consider them like a Gentile. Sige, as much possible, we will not uh, associate with that person. As much possible, we will not relate with that person. Imagine three times... The brother or sister has been given the opportunity to be reconciled, to win him or her over. Kung wala pa rin, only then is the drastic action of exclusion considered. Only then. Alisin mo na yan. Treat him like a Gentile. Wag mo nang pansinin. Bahala siya sa buhay niya. No? But you know what? Itong exclusion nito is also to avoid him or her influence other people. na importante yan eh. Mga maintindihan natin. Kaya natin siya pinapaalis, eh baka makahawa pa siya ng iba. Alam mo naman, uh, uso-uso ng mga influencer, di ba? Lalong-lalo na sa social media, mga mega-influencer, di ba? Eh sa community, meron mang ganun influencer eh. Madaling maka-influencia. Eh okay lang kung Kabutihan. Eh, paano kung sa masama? ay eh, mahirap yun. <clears throat> Ito, remember, even before the parable of the lost sheep, meron itong verse about warning, warning people who give scandal to the little ones. Imagine if you cause the little ones to sin. You have influenced this brother or sister to commit sin. Anong sabi ni Lord? And this is still in chapter 18, eh? We are in chapter 18. So, this is part of the text in the context. Before the parable of the lost ship, you will read this warning. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Krabi naman. Eto exclusion nga lang eh. Eto ang suggestion dito. Pag ito, ayaw na magbawi. Taliyan mo na ng bato ito. Itapo mo na yon sa dagat. Eh, baka maka influence pa eh. Di ba? It is better for him to be drowned in the depths of the sea. If you cause one of these little ones to sin. Malaking scandal yan. So, you lead others astray. It's a bad, bad example. So, baka sabihin, ang lupit naman, e eh, malupit di ba? That's a very, very strong warning. And later on, St. Si Paul, in his letter to Timothy, he wrote this, As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. Eh, mas grabe pa nga St. Si Paul eh, dito, talaga Hindi na nakinig sa isa Hindi na nakinig sa dalawa o tatlo Ay may review Rebuke him or her In front of everyone ah, Talagang ayaw pa rin makinig Para rin warning sa iba Na ito mangyayari sa inyo You will be excluded Di na siguro ostracized Pero you are considered Out of the community is a warning. Now, sabihin natin, malupit Well, you know, kahit na yung tao was already considered excluded, considered or treated as a Gentile, you know, you can still reach out to him or her kahit na nasa labasan ng community. Baka magbago pa eh. In other words, lagi pang we can always try to reach out sa isang taong ayaw makinig. We will not stop. Baka one day magbago pa. Baka ngayon, weeds. Baka perhaps later on he become a a wit diba. Bung na natin naman. Pero we can still reach out. After all, you remember Jesus Christ tries to try to reach out to the erring brothers or sister. It's just like the parable of the prodigal son diba. Eh, kahit na siya, okay, para bang you consider them as a Gentile. Unclean already. Imagine working with the pigs, eating the pigs themselves, o kaya ng, ng baboy. That's really considered unclean. And yet, the Father waited for the Son. That is reaching out. And He embraced the Son. And you remember Zacchaeus. Jesus Christ tries to reach out. Gentiles and tax collectors were precisely the kind of people to whom Jesus reached out. So, hindi naman ibig sabihin na exclude na sa community, walang tayong pakialam, okay? Baka naman dumating ang araw na pwede pa siya magbago. You try to reach out pa rin. This is not, as I've said, it's not a lawsuit. It's not similar to a lawsuit na para bang it's just to punish or you demand justice and then the correction is done always in the spirit of love and forgiveness. Kaya nga importante na maintindihan natin na itong passage na ito on fraternal correction na sa sandwich na parable of the lost sheep and parable of the unforgiving servant telling us that if you want to correct someone You have to correct someone with the spirit of love, just like a lost sheep. The Father will look for those who perish lovingly. And then, like the Father in the unforgiving, said, the Father always forgives. So even here, the one who commits sin is always forgiven if he will repent from his sin. Verse 18, Amen, I say to you. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So if you exclude someone, if you consider him as a Gentile or a pagan because he doesn't want to change his ways, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. In other words, whatever you permit will be permitted. Whatever you, you, you don't permit, you don't accept, it will not be accepted. This is part of the the authority given to Peter. Do you remember when he was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven? So, this time, Jesus Christ is telling it to all the apostles. The other apostles share in the authority of Peter, who has the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and also as a leader of the church. So, they share also the authority of Peter. Later on, they will become bishops themselves. So, this excluding someone is part of the authority given to the apostles. Again, verse 19, Amen I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. Ito parang out of place, eh, no? na yan? We are talking about fraternal di ba? Right? The authority of the community to exclude whatever boundaries we bind in heaven, etc., etc. Eh, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted. But ko hindi out of place. You know why? Because here it speaks about prayer. In other words, if you want to correct someone, paternal correction and prayer they go together. Perhaps before you correct, do you pray? Oh, hindi ba? Ang ganda, no? Or perhaps there's someone who doesn't want to change his life. You call someone, let's pray for this person. Oh, wow. That's a prayer of intercession. That's a very powerful prayer. When you pray for someone with two or three of you, and God will listen to you. Here, the church has the power to accept or reject a member and then, pray for the spiritual welfare of all. Especially the the sinners. Maganda ito eh. You see the intimate connection between a person who committed sin and the life of the community. That this community is responsible for each member for the spiritual welfare of each member. Especially for the sinners. Eh kaya nga, sinasabi lagi natin, ang kasalanan, laging meron social dimension. Pag isang tao nagkasala, hindi lang siya nagkasala para sa isang tao o sa kanyang sarili. Laging meron social dimension yan. Ang sin, ang kasalanan, wala yang social distancing. <laughs> Pag isang tao nagkasala, nako, walang social distancing yan. Naapektuhan ang iba. Kaya, Yung ibang na yan, yung community. And the community is responsible for this person who committed sin. So, prayer in the community is important when we also talk of correction. Because prayer can also help someone to change his or her ways. So, I ask you again, did you ever try to pray before you correct someone? you will see that it is very effective. Lalo na paghirap nahirap ka, tatanggapin kaya niya itong correction ko? You try to say uh, one Hail Mary. Ako nagawa ko na yan eh. Try to say one Hail Mary. And you know what? Many times, ang ganda ng result, natanggap niya. Of course, it's the way you say things also. As I've said, correction is an art. Diba? And then, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Wow, that's beautiful. It's important. Oh. There am I in the midst of them. This verse twenty echoes an old rabbinic text no? of Judaic uh, or Judaism. And this rabbinic text runs like this. If two are united to practice the word of the law or the Torah, the divine presence is in their midst. If two are united with the law or the Torah, the divine presence is in their midst. The divine presence in Hebrew is the Shekinah. uh, Shekinah. See Lord, see Jesus, have two or three, are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. The Shekinah. So itun Shekinah, the Hebrew term refers to the presence of God. Like a bright cloud. You remember in the book of Exodus, chapter 40. There you find the Ark of the Covenant. And a number of times when God the way would appear to them, God would appear in a bright cloud hovering over the ark. This is the symbol of God's presence, the Shekinah, the dwelling. Shekinah means dwelling, the dwelling of God, the Shekinah. And of course, when Jesus Christ said, "Where two or three are God in my name, there I am in their midst, the dwelling now is Jesus. He is now the Shekinah. In the Old Testament, is God Yahweh. In the New Testament, there I am in their midst, is jesus christ he is present also with with persons gathered together in his name as a community even when you pray for someone who committed sin now i included this uh, short topic on excommunication or the excommunicated because it speaks about somehow the excommunicated if he does not listen to you call one or two if he does not listen to one or two call the community and if the community is not listened to he eh, hindi pa rin nakinig sa church by considered him as a pagan somehow he is excommunicated he is out of the community so in the new testament that is also being practiced by the early christians by the early church They try to excommunicate somehow to remove someone who doesn't want to change his ways. Otherwise, he influences the others. He can be a scandal to the community. And this word is one of the most misunderstood words also in the Catholic Church. If you remember last lecture of Divina, I explained to you the word infallibility, That I also explained to you. What is the meaning of infallibility? Uh, because it speaks about the authority of Peter. And I I explained to you. you know, that, that one is also misunderstood. Pero I hope you understand it now. Now this one also is misunderstood when someone is excommunicated. And in the history of the church, yung mga celebrated excommunication. Uh, I just give you some example. For example... See King Henry IV <laughs> in the uh, 11th century in 1076. He is the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. And the Pope at that time was Pope Gregory VII. Pope Gregory VII. Oh, by the way, do you know the meaning of Gregorio or Gregory? It means watchman. <laughs> Tignan nyo. Tama-tama. Sa book of Ezekiel, you are a watchman. Ito si Pope Gregory talagang watchman. Because the name Gregory means watchman. He excommunicated Emperor Henry the Fourth. Imagine. Emperor. Ano ba ginawa tong emperor na ito? Well, he assigned, he nominated, appointed a bishop for the Archdiocese of Milan. Eh, hindi po yun. yun. tinatawag na lay investiture. A lay person cannot appoint or nominate a bishop. Ayaw na ni Pope, Pope Gregory VII. He wanted to be independent, libertas, from the influence of the secular or the king or politics, the state. Ayon na niya. Dapat kun church-church lang. Eh, itong emperor na ito, Of course, that was the practice in the past. He still wanted to practice that. Na to appoint this this bishop in the the vacant uh arch archbishopric of Milan. So since he doesn't want to change, he was excommunicated. In fact, he, he was excommunicated not only once but three times. Dahsa <laughs> pa pasha ng anti-pope. Eh, pa siya na excommunicate no? ni Pope Gregory. Pero you know first excommunication, you know what? Talagang ano na wala na siya magawa because yung mga followers niya no parang ayun ang sumunod sa kanya yung mga princess yung nobles ayun ang mag-obey sa kanya so napilitan siya na magpenance hanapin si Pope Gregory and then ask for penance so Henry had to go to Canossa where the Pope where Pope Gregory was and there Pope Gregory was inside a, a a house or a palace, and Emperor Henry IV was outside with the wife and the the child, waiting for absolution. Three days they were outside during winter. Can you imagine that? This was the most humiliating uh, penance or act by an emperor and it was pope gregory the 7th uh, after 3 days he opened the door and then he gave absolution you see an excommunicated person can still be absolved uh, to win the brother over lang, 3 days outside command. during winter hindi kaya madali yun no? so this is one example another example see si martin luther you know the the one who really started the Protestantism. he was an Augustinian priest, Augustinian uh, monk, who started Protestantism by having Protestantism by having a negative view of man. Actually, he had a, a crisis in his vocation, in his salvation, and he tried to solve this crisis by by looking at the Scripture. And he saw in Romans chapter one verse seventeen that the just man shall live by faith alone. They are sola fides. Then Sola Gracia, only grace. Then Sola Scriptura, only the Bible can save. So, away with all these sacraments. Actually, he accepted only three sacraments. no? And uh, yeah, also because of the sale of indulgence, which was also an abuse at that time. Pinagbibili ng indulgence. Siyempre, hindi rin naman tama yun. Rin ang simbahan dun. Pero, he tried to amplify all these uh, mistakes. And at the end, he tried to separate himself from the Catholic Church. In that case, he really wanted to separate himself. He becomes a heretic. Talagang you are excommunicated. You're outside of the church. That's why you don't believe anymore. So, literally, you excommunicate yourself. Parang di ba? But he was excommunicated officially by Pope the 10 in 1521. Another one is King Henry VIII, the king of England. He was also excommunicated. Remember, he had six wives. Yung first wife niya, he wanted to divorce, diba? Si Catherine of Aragon. Because this Catherine of Aragon could not produce a male heir to his throne. Eh, kailangan niya ng, ng lalaking bata, anak, para yun yung susunod na magiging hari. Meron na, no? meron na continuity, yung kanyang pangalan, the Tudor. No? So, at the end, wala eh. Wala tayong magagawas. He wanted to divorce. Eh, bawal yun eh. Wala naman divorce, di ba? In the Catholic Church. So, he was excommunicated by Pope Paul III in 1535. He had six wives, ha? not only one. So, nung tinanggal niya si Catherine, dahil sa wala nga anak na lalaki, hoping that itong si Anna Bolin will have a child, hindi. Nagkaroon siya ng girl, child. So, he executed Anna Bulim. Then he executed also the other wife, si Catherine Howard. He executed two wives, di And then, it was Elizabeth the First, he was also excommunicated by Pope Pius the Fifth. He, she was actually who started Anglicanism. Hindi si King Henry the the Eighth. King Henry the Eighth when he died, well, the only problem was that he was not following the Pope. But many of the practices were very catholic pero with the arrival of Elizabeth I who was the daughter of the second wife of King Henry VIII uh, which he considered a bastard ¿diba? pero ito was, she was the one who really made England great uh, imagine she became a queen for 45 years but then he really, she really established Anglicanism she was excommunicated by Pope Pius the the fifth. And then finally, sabihin natin, meron bang yung medyo modern? Okay, in 1988, John Paul II, excommunicated this Monsignor Marcel Lefebvre. Si Lefebvre kasi, he he actually ordained four priests to become bishops, consecrated priests, four to become bishops, without the approval of the Pope. Okay. Automatic excommunication yun. Nag-ordain ka for priests to become bishops and then consecrated them to become bishops. That is uh, automatic excommunication. And he, he was a traditionalist. In other words, he does not believe in Luminium and space of the Second Vatican Council. But then, in 2009, yun excommunication was lifted by Pope Benedict Sixteen, so here this is another example of the excommunication lifted just like King Henry VIII Emperor I'm sorry Emperor Henry IV right? and this uh, Lefebvre or rather the four priests at least because he died already you know, before the uh, lifting of the excommunication he died in 1991 the lifting of the excommunication was in 2009 now what is excommunication? excommunication is an ecclesiastical censure by which one is more or less excluded from communion with the faithful. More or less excluded from communion with the faithful. Diyo a Gaspel, di right? If someone does not want to change even in front of the church, you consider them as a pagan. Excluded, practically, from communion with the faithful. Pero that is more or less. Why? Because we try to win still him or her over to try to reach out. So ganun rin ang excommunication. The purpose of excommunication is not necessarily to obtain justice. But is meant to awaken the person's conscience for repentance. Nabaka naman magbago. Pag na-excommunicate mo, baka ma-conscience siya. Mabubuksan ang kanyang mga mata. Ay, nagkamali pala ako. Ay, baka Ganun ang ibig ng the purpose of excommunication. In other words, excommunication is something corrective. Yeah. It's part of the fraternal correction. Not expelled from the Catholic Church. In fact, pag ikaw ay na-excommunicate, you can still attend Mass, pero you cannot receive the sacraments or communion. But you can still actually attend Mass, even though you're excommunicated. And it is imposed out of love. When a church excommunicates someone, it's still out of love. Hoping that one day, that person will come back to the church. Okay, So it's corrective. And then secondly, it is something medicinal. It's a medicinal penalty. What is important here is that you're hoping that he can return and be reconciled. Because yun, once he is out of the community, parang medicine yun eh, na medyo mahirap tanggapin. Imagine you are out of the community, piyalis ka ng, sa organization, baka ang ka, matauhan ka, ba? So, you might be reconciled one day. Matawang kang medicinal Pero hindi naman natin sinasabi Pag ikaw ay na-excommunicate, pupunta ka ng impyerno. Oh, you see? mali ng pag eh. Understanding that when a person Excommunicated the Catholic Church Is telling him to go to hell No, 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 no We never send someone to hell Never There's no document In the whole history of the church That this one is in hell We don't even say that Judas is in hell pangasya pang makita mo dun sa timbok hindi lang si Pedro hello Pedro Judas makasama na kami we don't even know that you know perhaps Judas is also in heaven but we don't send anybody to hell only God can send someone to to hell so when you are excommunicated doesn't mean that you are in hell well, what are the effects of excommunication Forbidden to any ministerial participation in celebrating the Holy Eucharist and other ceremonies of worship. You cannot participate. lector, commentator, Eucharistic minister, hindi excommunicated ka. You can attend the Mass, pero you cannot serve. Even the priest, excommunicated, he cannot celebrate the Eucharist. And then, another one, forbidden to celebrate the sacraments or sacramentals and to receive sacraments. So, even this, a person who's excommunicated, especially a priest or a bishop, cannot celebrate the sacraments, even the sacramentals. And he cannot receive communion or receive the sacraments. Pero an excommunicate, excommunicated person can receive sacramentals. pwedeng siyang Pero yung communion, hindi. Na public excommunication yun. Okay? And then, Forbidden to exercise any ecclesiastical offices, ministries, or acts of governance. This is especially true with priests and bishops. Bawal yun. Now, there are only two types of excommunication and I-N. What are the two types of excommunication? Mayroon yung tinatawag na lati-sententie. Ano yung lati Automatic. <laughs> Na-sentensyan ka. Automatic. Ano example? Pag ginawa mo yan, automatic. Excommunicated ka na. Desecrate sacred species. Puni hostia. Tatapon mo. Excommunicated ka na. Automatic. <laughs> Procure an abortion. I'm sorry to say. Automatic excommunication yun. Violate seal of confession. Yung pare. Ako, nabail niya. Automatic excommunicated yung pare. Apostate, heretic, etc. Actually, if you are heretic or apostate, talaga naman ayaw mo na sa simbahan. So, automatic, excommunicated, these are some examples. Medyo madami pa yan. Eh. No time. Pero how do you redeem yourself? Simple absolution, confession, it could be by a bishop because there are some sins only reserved to the Pope and to the bishop. And also some sins reserved also for the priest. Okay lang ang priest, kahit na hindi na kailangan ang bishop. Even for example, abortion, can be absolved by a priest Not necessarily the Pope or the the Bishop And then, secondly, meron yung excommunication Ferende sentencia, hindi late sentencia Ano yung sabihin ng ferende sentencia? Impose, reviewed excommunication May ginawa ka, i-review natin Hindi automatic, tignan natin, maliba yung ginawa niya Pag na-imposed, it could be imposed by the Bishop Diba? With a decree. Yan ang tinatawag na impose excommunication with a written decree. Yun automatic. Wala na ng decree yan. Eh. Ginawa mo, automatic yan. Excommunicated ka. Example of imposed excommunication. Try to celebrate mass without being a priest. <laughs> Di ka pari, <laughs> nagmi-misa ka. Or breaks the seal of confession indirectly directly. O kaya, mayroon kasing confession na, halimbawa, may interpreter. di ba Yung interpreter, e, eh, chinismis. Yung kasalanan ng itong tao. dahil no? sa so, kamisang, may pipit binin. Diba? Ini-interpret niya. Tapos, sasabihin niya doon sa pare yung kasalanan. No? Paano nga nga pala, mang-umpisa yung mga pipit binin? Eh, may interpreter. di ba Bagi natin si Marve, dito. Mag-interpret ng kasalanan. O, Tapos, pagkatapos ng kumpisan, naku, chinismis niya. Ay ba, pwede kang ma-excommunicate. <laughs> Wag mong gagawin yun, di ba? So, how do you redeem yourself? Again, absolution. You go to the priest or the bishop who imposed that excommunication on you. And he or she will uh, he will give you the the absolution. Yun lang, simple as that. Remember, this is always done with love. With forgiveness is something medicinal, is something corrective. Hindi talaga something punishing or condemning, hindi. We try to win the brother or sister over. That is the spirit of fraternal correction, even in excommunication. You are still part of the church. Hindi ka naman talaga completely out of the church. You are not sent to hell, no. You are given chances to redeem yourself and to save yourself. Reflection. We can ask ourselves, after hearing this Gospel and the explanation on Fraternal Correction, what lessons has life taught you about constructive ways of dealing with conflicts? I'm sure each one of us have experienced conflicts, and I'm sure each one of us have a chance or opportunity to correct someone? How did you do it? What lesson have you learned? And then, what has been your experience in correcting others in love to your family or friends? How is your strategy of correcting? Do you pray also before correcting? For example, do you do it well without shouting? You know, you don't need to shout. You try to win the brother or sister over because uh, with a harsh words, that one inflames more the fire. But with a kind word, that one perhaps would attract better the person with a kind word. And number three, how have you experienced the presence of Jesus when you pray or worship together? Where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in their midst. How is your experience about praying with someone? Do you really experience the presence of of God when you pray the Shekinah of Jesus? Let us try to see how we can practice the Word of God as part of our commitment this coming week. And uh, let us see how we can practice fraternal correction according to the teachings of Jesus. Let us now pray to the the Word of God. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray Psalm 95. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to Him. Oh, that today you would hear His voice. Harden not your hearts. As at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the desert, where your fathers tempted me, they tested me, though they had seen my works. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, and good night. Thank you.